ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Christine Lisi. After knocking out the top-seeded Bucks in games in six games in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Raptors are in the NBA Finals for the first time ever. They will welcome Golden State in Game One on Thursday on ABC, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Warriors, a heavy favorite, minus three twenty to win a third consecutive championship, and that sounds about right in the opinion of ESPN's Stephen A. Smith. Because anybody that knows basketball, I don't know how you can see them pulling off a victory over the Golden State Warriors. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. Not the way Clay's been playing and the way Steph has been playing. And Golden State is out to prove that with or without Kevin Durant and Boogie Cousins, they can 3 P. Toronto, good luck. Warriors have said it's unlikely Durant will be ready for Game 1 because of a calf injury. Coach Steve Kerr said the team's confident DeMarcus Cousins will be able to return at some point from a torn left quad. Team Penske expected to be a factor in today's Indianapolis 500. Simon Pagano starts from the pole, and three other Penske drivers are starting in the top 12. That also includes three-time winner Elio Castroneves and 2018 winner Will Power. All eyes also will be on the skies at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Forecast is calling for an 80 to 90% chance of rain, with thunderstorms expected throughout the day. William Byron has the pole for tonight's Coca-Cola 600. Eric Almarola outside spot in the front row at Charlotte Motor Speedway. French Open, first day. Roger Federer with a straight sets victory over Lorenzo Sonega. The women's fifth seed, Angelique Kerber, knocked out today by Anastasia Potapova. The gamble paid off. Toronto went all in on Kawhi Leonard, and he has delivered. It's the Will Kane Show. Weekdays at 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN News. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. He was going the right way! Cohen, all the way! Touchdown, Chicago! He goes right by. Stop it, Samson. Did you not get the memo? He didn't come for the massage. He came for the facial. Oh, my goodness. Chicago's game day. Darcy is home. Hanson scores. Sox win. What a comeback. Trubisky escapes again, and he's got plenty of room to run. Look at him go. There's the athleticism for the rookie. Back toward the wall. Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Ah, good morning, everyone. Welcome on in. Hope you enjoyed Black and Abdallah. They will be back again tomorrow from 9 till noon, and I will follow them tomorrow, just like I'm doing today. Uh, they throw the millennials at you early, and then they bring the old guy in. Basically, it's like the old reliever comes on in after the youngsters, the young pups. And uh, that's what we'll do for the next two hours. We'll talk baseball. I'll give you a very, very short rant about the NBA. And I mean short. There's a couple things I got to say about the NBA. I was telling Felix upstairs, and he says, you can't say those things on the air. 
I said, right, Felix? I, yes. Yeah, I, I said. It was, uh, we, it, I told you that if we were to do anything and you wanted to go on your rant, yeah. we would have to do an After Dark podcast yes. with Fred Hubner. Yeah, and it probably would not be able to be done with this company because they would not allow that either. Uh, so I'll get into a little NBA stuff a little bit later on. Yesterday I went on out. It was unbelievable. My forehead is sunburn because I was sitting at the Heineken Beer Garden at SeatGeek Stadium before the Chicago Fire played New York City FC. And I had a beverage and I had a brat and people that followed me on Facebook or Twitter, you saw it. It was one long brat and it was very good and one big can of Heineken. That was really good. So we'll talk a little bit about that and also the game before we're out here at 12 noon. But lots of baseball to get into as always. We will talk a lot of uh, Major League Baseball around the league in the 11 o'clock hour. Here in the 10 o'clock hour, your calls are welcome. 312-332-3776. And you can get to me at Fred underscore Hubner. That's H-U-E-B-N-E-R. We've got a lot to talk about baseball-wise. The Cubs are going for the series win against the Reds. The rough Reds. The Reds have not been easy for the Northsiders this year, taking two out of three in Cincinnati about a week or so ago, and now splitting the first two games and making yesterday's interesting when uh, Dietrich homered off of uh, Darvish in the eighth inning, tying the game at six, came down to the end of the contest, and the Cubs coming away victorious. Bodie with an RBI putting the Cubs ahead, and they win 8-6. to six. We'll talk about Darvish. We'll talk about Chatwood. Talk about this homestand. The Cubs, I went back and looked, and the Cubs are 6-6 six and six over their last 12 games. They uh, split the uh, they split the road trip, 3-3, three and three, and then they have split so far their first six games on a seven-game homestand. They go for the series win and also to win the homestand. Today, it will be Tanner Roark and uh, Jose Quintana likely to be dancing through the raindrops. It's supposed to rain. I think it may clear up. Uh, in time for the game to get in as the Cubs or Reds go at it at Wrigley Field. We'll talk about that, and we will also get into, in this first hour, the White Sox. Because there's an article in the Sun-Times, I know Tommy Waddle asked me on Friday what it was I was looking at. It was newspapers. That's a newspaper. Back page of the Sun-Times today says, Iffy 500. Coming off a 100-loss season, the White Sox are flirting with a break-even season that would boost a rebuild. And uh, Rick Morrissey has an article, uh, 19 victory improvement in 2019 is feasible. The rebuilding uh, Sacks just might finish with a 500 record. I would be more, I would be more uh, inclined to agree with him and to get behind him on that if, in fact, they play a little more consistent baseball. And we'll get to some of the things that happened yesterday. They have dropped two games to the Twins. And when I say dropped... I do have Charlie Tilson in mind when I say that. We'll get to that for those who missed it. Uh, they lost the first game on Friday 11-4. to They lost yesterday 8-1. to They've been outscored 19-5 to in the first two games in Minnesota. And somebody tweeted, Bob on my Twitter gets to me and he tweets. He says, oh, we've got 16 more against these guys. Yeah, the Twins are hitting everything. The Twins, in the first 50 games of the season, had 300 runs scored. Even my math from Our Lady of the Mount and Morton East will allow me to say that with the 300 uh, runs 
and 50 games, they scored six runs a game. Two games, three games ago, before they played the Sox, they had eight homers in a game. They hit, I want to say, three the other day. I think they only hit one yesterday. What's wrong with them? Only one homer. Um, but the Twins are an unbelievable team right now. You look at Major League Baseball, and right now the Minnesota Twins have a 686 winning percentage. That is the best in baseball. They're 35 and 16. Cubs are 30 and 20. 600 percentage. The Dodgers, 34 and 18, is 654 percentage. Uh, the Astros are 35 and 18, 660. They just had to get rid of the White Sox, who took two in a row. Now they've taken two straight from Boston down in Houston. And the Yankees have a 667 winning percentage. But the Minnesota Twins at 35 and 16, a 17 and 8 record at home. And they are the top team right now in all of baseball. 312-332-3776. I'm going to talk about the fire later, but quickly, since Mark called right off the bat, we'll get to you. Mark in Michigan City, what's going on? Hey, Fred, how you doing today? I'm doing yeah, well. I was going to talk about, you know, I wanted to attend a, a, a fire game at SeatGeek there and uh, the upcoming schedule. Are they, they're not in uh, Chicago and uh they're not out there next week, right? They no, go you know on the what? Road. Yeah, the league actually takes a little bit of a break because they have this uh, Gold Cup tournament that's being played, and a lot of players in the league are playing in it. So the Fire, believe it or not, today is May 25th. The Fire's next home game is not till June 22nd. Okay, another thing I touch on about the Twins and their success and their hitting and home runs, their scouting and their analyzation of opposing teams before they play them has got to be top-notch. they got to be picking up things when they're just uh, uh, not only scouting, but what the other pitchers, how they set up and, and can tip other pitchers before the pitches even get to them. They must be guessing exactly what's coming and where it's coming and and everything to, to be that successful. No, well, it's you know they got a lot of young guys, Mark. And I appreciate the call getting us started here on ESPN One Thousand. I. I they're very, very good. All these teams right now are very, very good analytically. They do a lot of good game prep. That's why I was a little upset the other day when the White Sox played against Verlander. Now, I know Verlander's one of the best pitchers in baseball. It's amazing at his age. He just continues to get better. Um, that happened before, years ago, with Roger Clemens. But we'll, we'll just leave that at that. Um but you look at it, and the White Sox had an awful approach, I thought, against Justin Verlander. Their approach against some of these other guys has been better. Um, but they've been shut down the last couple of games in Minnesota. We'll get, we'll talk more White Sox. We've got tons of White Sox to talk about. We've got tons of Cubs to talk about. And your phone calls at 312-332-3776. Remember, if you're out and about, make sure you also listen to the show, the ESPN app. Uh, take it, uh, on your phones, wherever it is. I know I listen at home a lot. Uh, I come downstairs in the morning and I just tell, um, I tell my Amazon Echo, I say, you know, hey, Alexa, play ESPN Chicago Radio. And it, boom, there it is. So another way to listen to us, uh, if you don't want to go on over and turn it on uh, at home. But baseball yesterday at Wrigley Field, it was a very interesting game. Back and forth, you had you Darvish going out there, and Darvish goes seven-plus innings. He gives up 12 hits, six runs. Two walks, five strikeouts, but it was an important game for Darvish and an important game for the Cubs. Darvish uh, goes when the bullpen needed a rest. The bullpen has been used a lot. The Cubs, before the game yesterday, sent down Zagunas 
had also sent down Norwood, who had pitched the day before. And they brought up two relievers, Dylan Maples, who got the win yesterday, and also they brought up Tim Collins. He didn't see the he didn't pitch yesterday. Tyler Chatwood came and got his first save. But after the game, Joe Madden talks about how important the win was, especially with Darvish's outing. Wow, they seem to all be like that. Especially like recently, we're seeing a lot of good pitching. Uh, the win was uh, the friend to both sides today. But really, you got to give you a ton of credit for getting that deeply into the game. Uh, he, he still had his good stuff at the end. The stuff was still there, but it's 107 pitches, and you just it's in, uh, deflating when all that happens. Uh, I, he had his quickest inning of the inning before. I think it was a six-pitch inning, and I thought he looked really sharp. And, of course, with the shorter bullpen, let's give it a roll. But he was, he was really good. Um, he was very good. Tough situation, hard ground, wind blowing out. I thought he did great. Yeah, Darvish pitched pretty well. I mean, it was his longest outing as a Cub. He gets into the eighth inning, and they needed that. They needed their pitcher to go that deep because they have been using the bullpen a lot. And when Joe mentions at the very beginning about the way the games have been, listen to the games this week. Okay, today is Sunday. Here's the six games from previously this week. Monday, a loss, 5-4 to four to Philly. Then a win on Tuesday, 3-2. A win on Wednesday, eight to four. On Thursday, they lose nine to seven. Friday, they lose six to five. Every one of these games, lots of runs, big scores, very, very close, back and forth. And yesterday, a win eight to six. Now, I mentioned how Tyler Chatwood came in. And Tyler Chatwood's a guy that could really help this team going forward. I'm not exactly sure what he's going to do, how he's going to do it. Is he going to be the long guy? Are they going to consider using him out of the bullpen at the end? Yesterday, he came in in the ninth inning with a two-run lead, 8-6. to six, And the first thing he did was give up back-to-back hits to Votto and Suarez. Then he he gets a double play ground ball where he hustles his tail of, off over to first base. He's standing there at first base. He's not running there. He's standing at first base waiting for the throw from second base on the 3-6-3 or 3-6-1 double play. And Madden talked not only about Chatwood's defense, but also how he decided to go to Chatwood in the ninth inning. Um, that he was available. Um, uh, you know, he's been throwing really well. If, if Chatty's throwing strikes, he could do anything. For us, for any team, he's that valuable. His stuff's that good. You saw the stuff. And one of the most underrated things you've ever talked about, and I'm sure some of you did notice it, how he covered first base. I've talked about this in the past. This guy's a really good fielder, and he covers first base as quickly and as, and as theoretically perfect as anybody else. And that really helped Javi make that great throw. On the ground ball to second base uh, that got the double play, as soon as the ball is hit in the replay, you can see Tyler Chatwood busting at full speed over to first base. He knows his job. He knows what you're supposed to do when the ball is hit to your left, to the left-hand side. And it was a very, very big play because there are times the pitcher doesn't get there in time. There are times where, you know, the pitcher may lollygag over to first base. Not Tyler Chatwood. He didn't. So Chatwood can help this team. And think about it. And we're going to get into Lucas Giolito, too. The two of the pitchers who allowed the most walks in baseball last year. Chatwood walked 95 guys and 90 for Lucas Giolito. (laughs) They are both very, very important cogs for their team this year. Um, 312-332-3776. One thing I want to get into also for Cubs, and I mentioned this on Friday with Jesse when I was in here for Carmen on the Carmen and Yurko show. And I, every time I say it, it sounds stupid. 
So if you want to tell me I'm stupid, you want to tweet me, tell me I'm stupid. But it seems like the Cubs do well when they hit home runs. And one of the reasons I say this, well, two of the reasons. One of them is whenever they're struggling and they're leaving men on base, they're not hitting the long ball. And what do we always hear Joe say? At least three or four or five times a year, we just need to move the ball around. We need to get the bat on the ball and hit the ball around. Watching the Houston Astros and the Cubs fans will have an opportunity to do that Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday as the Cubs go down to Houston. The Astros put the ball in play. They do a very good job of putting the ball in play. Now, the Cubs don't always do that. The Cubs win yesterday. And why did the Cubs win? Driven the other way and deep and gone. Albert Almora with a home run. It's now two to one. Dude. As Russell gets a hold of one, it's deep and it is gone. Cubs have the lead. Two-run homer, Addison Russell. Towering fly, deep left center, wind grabbing it, it's gone. A basket shot for Hayward. Get it in the air today. One of our keys to the game was who goes deep. Maybe it should have been who doesn't go deep. Oh, flying out of here with regularity. Ah, Casper and Deshays on ABC7 yesterday. And now I know Bodie had the RBI single. It was 6-6. to Bodie gets a single, double, whatever it was. The uh, They win by driving in a run like that. Earlier in the week, a three-run homer, a grand slam, Cubs win. It seems like when they're hitting the ball out of the park, they're winning games. Now, I guess that's just baseball. That's baseball the way it is in 2019, 2018, home runs. So I went and looked, and it was a stat yesterday. It came up. It was a perfect time for me. As I'm watching the Cub game yesterday, because I went to the Fire game, came home, watched the Cubs game and the Sox game on the DVR. And they pop up a stat during the Cubs game yesterday. Since May 1st, the Cubs have the highest percentage of runs scored via the home run. The Mets, 55.6. This kid, Peter Alonso, is like 19. The Padres, 54%. And this was before the Padres hit seven homers yesterday. And the Cubs, 53.8%. They're third in the National League with percentage of runs scored via the home run. The most home runs since May 1st, Josh Bell with 10. Chris Bryant with nine and Rizzo with eight. And then you have Peter Alonso and Freddie Freeman, eight apiece. Now, it's great when you're hitting home runs. It's great when you're winning. There's going to be a stretch where they're not doing that. And somewhere along the line, I'll talk about if baseball really wants to, you know, get more action. Everybody talks about strikeouts, walks, and homers. Maybe instead of getting a live ball, they deaden the ball a little bit. So the ball's not going 490 or 470 or something like that. And a guy can hit the heck out of the ball. Or why don't, better yet, why don't they just use the ball the way it's supposed to be? That would be a good thing. Madden talks about what he's getting right now, and that's some consistency from this Cubs offense. Of anything of the offense would be that we continue that approach uh, mentally. It's such a good approach. Um, most pitchers really want to get people out, down, and away, or away. Comebackers are in vogue. Slider down and away. They will show you in just for show, and then they want to get you out of way. It's pretty much tried and true. And if you're able to do that, and then you go up there hunting in different counts, you might see that cookie middle in that you like, and you have a strike to give, and you look for it, and you get it. Um, but I much prefer the middle of the field approach. 
when you're hitting the oppo gap, you're really that's probably your optimal swing when you're doing that and doing it the way our guys have been. See, and, and like I said, right now, hitting the oppo gap, putting the ball in play, hitting the ball there. And that's the funny thing. Even Javi, when Javi's hitting the ball and Javi's going well, he's hitting the ball the opposite way. Yesterday, Jason Hayward, granted, windblown homer. No one will say it wasn't. The wind was blowing out, lands in the basket. But it went the other way. And Jason Hayward has been struggling of late after a pretty nice start, but hitting the ball the other way. And that's what you want to see this Cubs team do. Hitting the ball out of the park is great. I mean, Rizzo almost hit another one yesterday. Rizzo's been red hot, and it's been fun watching him bounce it off the the Budweiser sign at the top of the scoreboard. But there's going to be a time where the ball's not going out of the yard. You want to make sure this team, because right now, like I said, even though they have, they're 10 over 500, they are six and six over their last 12 games. Right now, and it doesn't mean anything, it's still the end of May, okay? But right now, they're fortunate Milwaukee's not winning well, or playing well right now. Pittsburgh is, and that's why right now when you look at the standings, Pittsburgh's not all that far behind. Pittsburgh's four and a half back, so are the Cardinals. Cardinals won last night. Pirates have lost two in a row. The Brewers have lost two in a row. So they are now... Milwaukee two and a half back, the Pirates four and a half back. So we'll talk some Cubs baseball with you. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Albert Almora his sixth homer yesterday. That surpasses everything he hit last year. He had five. He's got six already this year with the Grand Slam earlier. Uh, so today it'll be Tanner Roark and Jose Quintana. Lots more White Sox talk coming up. And let's start out on I ninety four and Jordan. Jordan, you're on ESPN one thousand. What's happening? All right, so. Great show. Uh, this is the first time I've ever called, but I think what we do, we have to analyze. You're looking at the White Sox making all these cutoff mistakes. That's the organization. That's not the players. That Ooh. should be at the foundation of the organization. I, you and, know, uh, I, and, uh, I'll, just one go more ahead, Jordan. Thing, go ahead. I'll get, I'll get off. Go okay? ahead. Go ahead. Let's look at the transactions that brought uh, Shields here. We gave up Tatis. There must have been more to it. We must have got money back to get screwed that bad. Okay, and, and then it, it tells you what baseball's all about. We get we trade Adam Eaton for these Jolito Lopez. Come on, that's really sticking it to him the other way. Are, are these um, GMs that smart, or do they trade like in time of need? You know where I'm going with that. Yeah, you know, and, and Jordan, don't go anywhere. Um, Rick Hahn traded. In 2016, during the season, they realized that John Danks couldn't pitch anymore. And remember, they started 23 and 10. Everybody was excited in 2016. And they yep. kn- they knew they needed another innings eater. They knew they needed a pitcher. And they figured there's no way James Shields can be as bad as this. So they were still going for it in 2016. That's why they made the trade. Tatis was 17 at the time. Nobody could tell you at that time he was going to be what... He has become. They well, would have guessed. I, I let me tell you, you got the pedigree in there. When you got the pedigree, even Mike Egan made the anchor. Come on, <laughs> once you once your family's in baseball, you will get that shot. I mean, Kenny Kenny Williams' son was drafted in the seventh round or some bizarre thing. It's just I don't think so. I think we can't worry about eating up innings. That's insane. Fans don't come to the game and watch a guy eat up innings. But they see that's that's when it changed. After that season, that's when the White Sox said, "Okay, this is stupid. We're trying to patchwork things." That's after the sixteen season. That's when they traded Sale. 
And oh, yeah, you know that's when they made those moves. So yeah. I under, the, the one thing I wanted to disagree with you with about, and we're going to hear from Ricky Renteria because he talked about it after the game yesterday, is the the throwing home and not hitting cutoff men. So many of these these things, and I'm not blaming, I'm not blaming Latin players because I don't want people getting all mad at me. But a lot of these players get to the big leagues because they can hit. Okay. Uh, Eloy Jimenez didn't come up to the White Sox now because he's a tremendous fielder. As a matter of fact, every time there's a fly ball to left field, I think he's going to hurt himself. But <laughs> yesterday, when yesterday when he threw to the plate, and then like one batter later, Leary Garcia throws to the plate, and the runner who hits the ball runs to second base and gets in scoring position, I'm on my couch screaming. And it was nice to see at the end of that inning, Ricky Renteria called them all together, and it was a meeting in the dugout. And they what talked about it afterwards. Him? Let me ask you, what did he say in the meeting? I'm sorry, guys, I put you guys in the wrong positions to screw up. It's my fault. That's what Billy Martin would have done. This guy blames the players. Come on. Well, you know what? And, and Jordan, I appreciate the call. I got to take. I got to take a break. Thanks a lot for getting me started on this because I'm. Gonna, I was going to talk a lot about it because as a Sox fan, there was nothing more frustrating than watching the game yesterday. It was so frustrating, and Renteria was frustrated, and I was frustrated. And most White Sox fans should be frustrated. There's only so much a coach can do. And so many times, people blame the coaches and the managers when you got to put some of the blame on the players. And we'll talk about that when we come back. Freddie, you up there with you. 312-332-3776 here on ESPN 1000.
ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Christine Lisi with breaking news. Packers Hall of Fame quarterback Bart Starr has died at the age of 85. Starr, who won an unprecedented five NFL championships as Green Bay's starting quarterback, had dealt with a series of health setbacks in recent years. Whether or not they have Kevin Durant, the Warriors are a big favorite against the Raptors in the NBA Finals. Golden State installed as a minus 320 favorite to three-peat as NBA champs. Durant's been sidelined by an injured calf. His status for the series, uncertain. Warriors in the Finals a fifth straight year, while the Kawhi Leonard-led Raptors are there for the first time in franchise history. It, however, will not be a cakewalk for Golden State in the opinion of ESPN's Tim Legler. I'm not going to discount uh, Toronto like a lot of people are going to and think that this is going to be easy pickings for the Golden State Warriors because of the rest and just because of their style of play. I think the way that Kawhi Leonard is playing right now, he he has played in this postseason like the best player in the NBA. To me, his physical skills and the way that this team can play when you have role players making shots the way that they did to close out this series, that's a team that can stick around. Game one of the NBA Finals Thursday on ABC, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Simon Pagano starts from the pole for today's Indianapolis 500 in a car owned by Roger Penske, who is celebrating the 50th anniversary of his first race at Indy. Penske's won the 500 a record 17 times. William Byron has the pole for NASCAR's longest race, the Coca-Cola 600 tonight. French Open first day, Roger Federer with a straight sets victory over Lorenzo Sonega. It's an ESPN Radio Memorial Day doubleheader. First, the Indians travel to Fenway to face the Red Sox. Then in L.A., the Dodgers host the Mets. Coverage begins at 3.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. Chicago's Game Day with Fred Hubin on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. Fred Huebner with you here on ESPN 1000. Hope you enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. And again, remember what it's for. All the people that fought and died in uh, the wars and died so that uh, we're able to do the things we can do, like barbecue and everything else. And it's just been a tragic couple of days. Um, Just a a horrible, horrible accident uh, yesterday. Uh, Former UIC coach, uh, now the assistant up at Wisconsin, uh, Howard Moore and his family, they were involved in a car accident yesterday in Michigan. And um, Moore's wife, Jennifer, and their daughter, uh, Jaden, were killed in the head-on car accident. Um, just a terrible thing. Um, the The driver was going the wrong way on uh, the M14 freeway. And uh, just a brutal, brutal thing. And anybody, you know, prayers out going out to Howard Moore, uh, he and his son, uh, survived the crash and just just a tremendous tremendous guy and uh, just you know they always talk about bad things happen to good people and this it couldn't be much worse and as I'm looking at the screen on my um, Twitter account um, the sporting world loses another person today um, he's been sick for a while and um, Green Bay Packers legend dairy quarterback Bart Starr passed away at the age of 85 so a uh, lots of um, 
lots of things, lots of rough things going on this weekend. Hope everybody stays safe. Uh, don't do anything stupid out there. Uh, try to enjoy the weekend. And again, remember what you are out there celebrating for. Remember why you have Monday off, or at least most of you do uh, have Monday off for Memorial Day. The White Sox wrap up their series with Minnesota, their first series of the season with Minnesota. Jason Benetti was complaining, listen, it's already May and we haven't played the Twins yet. Could we go the rest of the year without playing the Twins? That would be nice. The Sox have lost six consecutive games to the Twins, 13 of the last 19, and 17 of 24. This from Daryl Van Scowen from the Sun-Times just posted those numbers. It's Dylan Covey against Jake Odorizzi today. Odorizzi comes in 6-2 and two with a two thirty-eight earned run average. Now, yesterday, Manny Benuelos, who was having some problems, shoulder problems, um, arm problems, and uh, he pitched yesterday and he had a couple guys on base and it looked like things were going to be okay let's pick up the twins broadcast big pop-up right field on a 3-0 pitch Tilson now struggling with it and the ball drops one run will score another run will score and I have no idea how Tilson misplayed that ball There's hardly a puff of a breeze, at least the flags suggest that, and he simply muffed it. That was the Twins broadcast yesterday, and uh, yeah, it's been quite a week for Charlie Tilson. Down in uh, Houston, he hits a grand slam, his first home run uh, in the major leagues, and yesterday, there's two outs. It looks like Manny Benuelos gets a guy to pop up to right field, and for some un known reason, Charlie Tilson just misplays the ball. And after the game, Ricky Renteria talked about the poor defense. And this goes back to the caller we had Jordan out earlier talking about the White Sox making bad throws to the bases and everything else. And uh, listen to the R- Ricky Renteria talk about the game afterwards. Uh, a little bit of a rough play today out there in the outfield. Um, Manny wasn't too bad. You know, still had to um, probably command a little better. Uh, we could have helped him out in that first inning. You know, the fly ball that got away from Tilson. Then we had some some uh, overthrows of our cutoff men, allowing the runners to advance. We had another fly ball that fell in over on the first base side with Zoe. Uh, a, little, a little tougher play, but nonetheless, you know, some, some plays that could have been made. Yeah, some plays that could have been made, including the Tilson, because think about it. You get out of that first inning, and maybe Manny Benuelos is feeling better about himself. He gets out of the first inning, everything, no problem. But instead, two runs score. Now he's got to worry about fighting from behind. He knows he can't make too many more mistakes. And that was tough. And you know Charlie Tilson doesn't drop the ball on purpose. Uh, but the throws to the plate, uh, Jimenez made the first one. And when there's a hit to the to left field, he throws to the plate trying to get the runner, which is just silly that he had no chance to get the runner. And the guy that hits the ball goes to second. Next guy up, or two batters later, hits the ball to center. And what happens? That guy on second, who shouldn't be there, scores. And Lurie Garcia throws to the plate trying to get him. And what happens? The guy that hits the ball goes to second. And I'm sitting there going, what are you doing? Now, the caller earlier blamed the coaches for that. Okay? No. You don't blame the coaches for that, okay? The players are supposed to hit the cutoff, man. 
And when you hit the cutoff man, or at least the ball's going to the cutoff man, the catcher can say cut two, or the catcher can say nothing and let the ball go through. Neither Jimenez or Lurie Garcia came close to hitting the cutoff man. And since we weren't there, we allowed... We didn't allow anything. I'm just making fun of this. Uh, WhiteSox.com reporter Scott Merkin had a question for Ricky Renteria about the White Sox defense. How much does that stuff kind of irritate you? Because you guys do a lot of work in spring training and then a lot of work here. And I mean, obviously it's in the moment you got to make the play. But yeah. I mean, you had all three outfielders struggle at some point. Make some ill-advised play, I would say, at some point. Well, I, I think that if, if, if I can count on my hand the number of times that we've had days like that, they have been few and far between in the last two months. So, it, nonetheless, does it irritate not only myself, I think it irritates them because they realize after the fact that, son of a gun, I should have probably done X. And, uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit in the dugout uh, to go over it. You know, I know I know most people think we don't address things, but we address pretty much everything. And uh, I'm sure that uh, we'll have a better, a better uh, attempt at that the next time. As a matter of fact, there was a fly ball with runners corners, I think, and uh, Leroy ended up hitting the cutoff man and Jose, keeping Marwin Gonzalez at the end first at bay. So there, there's a there's a time for trying to cut off a runner at the plate, uh, and there are times that are not. And, uh, you know, these, are, these guys are actually, they're a very good team. They're very good base runners, always have been. Uh, they'll take advantage of overthrows like most players should try to do, and uh, they did today. Yeah, they certainly did. Minnesota got the win yesterday, 8-1. to one. There was one highlight for the White Sox yesterday offensively. Jose Abreu in the air, deep left field, and well up and out of here. That ball was obliterated. Nobody moved. Rosario, I don't think, saw the ball when it left the bat. He just stood like the Carew statue in left field. Maybe took a glance up, but he couldn't locate the ball. But the lead cut in half. Jose hits his 13th, drives in his 42nd. Yeah, it was Steve Stone, Jason Benetti on the call on NBC Sports Chicago yesterday. And that's one of the things I wanted to get into. Because Sylvie was going to ask me about this during Crosstalk on Friday. We just got carried away with other stuff. Sylvie had asked me on Thursday night when I went out, when Naperville welcomed ESPN 1000. Uh, I went out and I saw J.D., Jeff Dickerson was out at Crosstown Pub over on Ogden. I saw them, had a beverage, and then I went over to the Jewel on Naper Boulevard in, in uh, Naperville and saw Sylvie uh, for Naomi Wines. He was out there and was talking to him. And we were going to, he asked me, he said, what do you think about Abreu? You think the White Sox should let him go or you think they should sign him and keep him with this team? I wanted to ask you guys, 312-332-3776, what do you think the White Sox should do with Jose Abreu when his deal's up? Uh, two for four yesterday, he's hitting 267, 13 homers, 42 runs batted in. Uh, what do you think the Sox should do? I'm a guy that thinks that Jose Abreu should stick around. Um, Jose Abreu is a guy that I think obviously relates with all of these players, uh, all these young players. They look up to this guy. Uh, Abreu's come here and he's put up just unbelievable numbers for the White Sox. Sox have him signed through the end of this season. He's making $16 million this year. He can be a free agent next year. You look at his numbers uh, since he's come to the White Sox and talk about some consistency, okay? Home runs and RBIs. 
36 and 107, 30 and 101, 25 and 100, 33 and 102. Now, last year, he was hurt. He had 22 and 78 and playing just 128 games. And this year, 13 and 42 in 51 games. Um, his average, 317 his first year, 304 in 2017. Last couple of years, 265, 267. Uh, he seems to be getting hot right now. I think that Jose Abreu, as the White Sox go forward, he's the kind of guy that you want to keep. He's the kind of guy you want with this team when they have the rebuild, when Luis Robert comes up, when Cease and Kopech are ready to pitch, maybe even when Carlos Rodon is ready to join, rejoin the rotation. Uh, Rodon saying earlier this week that when he does come back from Tommy John, he knows he can start for this team. And speaking of starters for this team, this happened earlier in the week, and I could not have been more excited. I could not have been happier to see Lucas Giolito do what he did on the mound the other day. Lucas Giolito was one of the worst pitchers in baseball last year, and that's not an exaggeration. Lucas Giolito was 10-13 and 13 last year with a 6-13 earned run average. He had allowed 118 earned runs more than any pitcher in baseball. He walked 90, which was more than anybody else in the American League. This year, he is 6-1 and one with a 277 earned run average. 16 earned runs allowed in 9 games. 19 walks and 59 strikeouts. His complete game forehead shutout the other day was the first for a White Sox pitcher to go 9 innings in a shutout since April 15th of 2016 when Chris Sale did it. He threw 107 pitches, 82 were strikes. And we've got a cut here from Lucas Giolito. And uh, Giolito talks about how his tempo has really helped. And going up against the Astros, he was geeked. He was excited to face Houston. The rhythm and the tempo, uh, for me, a big thing was um, if you look back to the last game, in the fifth inning, I really picked up the tempo because it started raining. And I was like, why not just try and do that every time? So um, just getting into attack mode early, filling up the zone. And then luckily I had my good stuff and we were able to... Um, Mix sequences really well, and um, I was throwing off-speed pitches for strikes, which which always helps me out all through all, all three. So, yeah, I mean between that and, and Mac back there, just an animal as always. It was, it was a good one. You know, the Astros are a team I always look forward to play uh, facing. A lot of good hitters in that lineup, and. Um, yeah, it's, it's always a fun challenge. You know, it's a really good team that won the World Series a couple of years ago. So when you do well against them, it makes you feel pretty good about yourself. So that's Lucas Giolito after his game the other day. And Scott Merkin, the aforementioned Scott Merkin, who asked the question to Ricky Renteria about the defense. Uh, he posted on Twitter the other day, over under four wins for Lucas Giolito this year, 17 and a half. Giolito's six and one right now. Over or under on that? 312-332-3776. Also, your thoughts about Jose Abreu. What do you want to do with Jose Abreu? You think he should stick around? You think the White Sox should pay him? Get him a two- or three-year deal? I got a feeling he's going to stick around. He'd like to stick around with this team. 312-332-3776. Fred Hubner with you. Lots more baseball coming up. Some fire talk. We're going to get to the NBA in a little bit, too. Briefly. My little rant on the NBA coming up after uh, this a little short break here on ESPN 1000.
Chicago's Game Day with Fred Hubner on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. Lots of baseball to get into throughout the course of the uh, next hour and 10 minutes. Not only Cubs and White Sox, but uh, around the uh, Major League Baseball world. I want to ask you some questions about the Cubs, about their bullpen. What do you want to do with Tyler Chatwood? Um, your need for a uh, closer and all that kind of stuff. I do have a couple minutes, just a couple minutes, to talk about the NBA. Because Black and Abdallah, they know the NBA, they love the NBA, um, and that's great. That's great to, for people to love the NBA. You can hear all the NBA finals right here on ESPN. They begin on Thursday night, the Raptors and the Warriors. But we don't have to all like the sports just because we are in sports broadcasting. Or whoever you are, okay? Today, a lot of people are excited because they like racing. And it's the Indy 500 and the Coca-Cola 600, okay? So you've got open-wheel racing and you have NASCAR racing. Me, I will probably not tune in because I've got the Sox and Cubs to watch. I'm a, a baseball guy. I'm a football guy, pro football, not college so much. And I'm a soccer guy. Okay, constantly soccer. Congrats to uh, Bayern Munich winning the uh, Polska uh, Cup yesterday. Okay, Polska Cup. And they win that. They do the double after winning the Bundesliga. But the pompous, privileged athletes in the NBA are one of the reasons some people don't like it. And Giannis for Milwaukee getting up yesterday after a good question from Malika Andrews just gets up and leaves. You've just lost. You're done. Your season's finished. Who do you think you are? Just getting up and leaving. I know. They don't have to talk to the press. They don't have to talk to the media. He's a childless, privileged jerk is what he comes off as. Okay? You wonder why some people don't like the NBA. A lot of people, the younger people, and a lot of other people around the country love the soap opera, Nature. Of the NBA, there's already people saying, "Well, you know, you think Giannis might uh, be with Milwaukee in two years? In two years, what are you worried about? He's going to be there next year, okay? Why are you worried about two years from now? It's the same thing when people start asking about, well, you know, this guy, he's he's going to be a free agent when the season's over. What are you going to? No, who cares? That's why you sign contracts. Um, I don't quite get it. I don't. I like." Watching the Bulls play, I like them building. I am not a fan of the day-to-day soap opera of the NBA, but you're not. They're not trying to, you know, they're not trying to impress me. They're not trying to bring me in. They're trying to bring the younger fans in, and apparently that works. But I have no problem with people that say, eh, "Not, not a fan of the NBA." Someone asked me the other day. They go, "Did you see the NBA?" I said, "Nah." I got Black and Abdallah. They can talk about the NBA. They know what they're talking about. They love the games. I love baseball. I'll talk to you all day about baseball. I'll talk to you all day about the Bears. I'll talk to you all day about the Chicago Fire soccer team. Okay? Uh, But if you're looking for NBA talk, eh. But if you're looking for NBA games, this is the place to get it. Because we've got all the games right here for you on ESPN 1000. The finals begin on Thursday night. The Warriors and the Raptors. There'll be at least four more games. We come back, more baseball talk. Cubs fans want to find out what you want to do as you're getting closer. You got a, you're got 10 over 500 right now. We'll get to you. 312-332-3776 on ESPN 1000.
downtown Chicago on State Street, that great street. We are live from the First Midwest Bank Studios. This Talking Baseball with Fred Hubner on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Makata drills this ball right field. The only question is which deck. It's a two-run homer. A comet on a progressive field. Swinging at a fly ball to right and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here! Gone for Yelich! You can't do that that easy. How about that guy, folks? We're talking baseball. In the air to right center field. How about this for a homecoming? That is crushed into the second deck for Bryce Harper. And he gives those Phillies fans a chance to jump up and down one more time. This ball is K-I-L-T kill. My goodness. Chance to walk it off against Neil Ramirez here in the ninth. And he gets a hard. Then it goes far. It does. Deep to the ground. Talking Baseball with Fred Hubner on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Ah, welcome on in. That's what we like to do on Sundays is talk some baseball. Want to jump in? 312-332-3776. Lots of great things going on in America's pastime. We're going to get to some of the uh, great plays and uh, things that happened Yesterday and around baseball in just a little bit. Talk some Cubs and White Sox to get the hour started. 312-332-3776. And soccer fans, don't forget, before we're out of here at about 11.45, talk some Chicago Fire soccer. They had a 1-1 draw yesterday against New York City FC out at SeatGeek Stadium. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later, around about 40 minutes from now here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. The Cubs taking on the Reds again today. Uh, Cubs going for a series win. They have split the first two games. It'll be Jose Quintana going up against Tanner Roark today. Is a, a one twenty first pitch, and uh, the Cubs, uh, they, the game will get in. It rained a little bit earlier today. Should be fine. Not a problem. Cubs wrapping up the seven-game homestand. They are uh, six and six. No, three and three, I'm sorry, on the um, homestand so far. They were three and three in the uh, six-game road trip. So they're six and six in their last 12 games. Your thoughts on what you want to do or what you think the Cubs will do with the closer situation. How comfortable were you with Tyler Chatwood yesterday? He came in to get the uh, save, his first save with the Cubs of the season. And he um, put the first two guys on when he came in. And uh, that... Kind of had to make people a little nervous. It was eight to six, and he comes in and boom, boom, Vado and Suarez with hits. And uh, next thing you know, there's some uh, some nerves out there at the friendly confines. But they were able to get out of it. A ground ball double play, a nice four six three, or I'm sorry, three six one double play, and uh, they get out of it. And uh, the Cubs get the victory yesterday. One twenty starts today. So your thoughts about the North Siders? What they're going to do? Uh, should they move anybody? Uh, lots to discuss. You look at the Northsiders and for the Southsiders, it's a hard watch 
when you watch a game like yesterday. If you watch the last two games in Houston, you're like really excited. Sox have just taken, they split a four-game series with the Astros, a team that had the best record in baseball when the White Sox went there. And then the White Sox win two in a row after losing the first two, and then no longer do they have the best record in baseball. The Twins do, and that's where the White Sox have gone. And in, in the first two games of that series, the White Sox have been outscored 19-5. to And the White Sox wrap up their series with Minnesota today. It'll be Dylan Covey going against Jake Odorisi. Now, Jake Odorisi is a guy that people thought was going to make a big impression a couple years ago. He's doing it now. Six and two with a 238 earned run average. White Sox have their hands full with, uh, Jake Odorisi. Okay. It's going to be difficult, uh, against Minnesota today. Let me take a look because I know the White Sox lineup, uh, is out. I saw that a little bit earlier. So you got to track that down for you. Uh, and as I do look for that, let's grab a call. Let's go on out to Belmont Heights and Tom. Tom, you're on ESPN 1000. What's going on? Hi, Fred. Uh, always a joy to hear you on the air. I, I really enjoy you. Thank you. What's going on? What's up? Uh, just wondering, what do you think of uh, Charlie Tilson? Is he going to make it? And what do you think about uh, Scott Pesetnik as a uh, potential uh, mainline uh, announcer, like on the Sox broadcast, replacing either uh, uh, DJ or uh, Farmio? You know, the, uh, Pesetnik obviously knows the game. He's got the looks for TV, so you wouldn't want to put him on radio. Um, but you, I listened to him yesterday, and uh, they were talking about the Charlie Tilson play and things like that. And I just need to see him get a little more comfortable. It's a similar problem to what I thought um, uh, David DeJesus had in his first year with the Cubs. And once he gets a little more comfortable and relaxed, he looks. He doesn't look nervous. He just looks too prim and proper. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird thing to, to say, but I just want to see him loosen up a little bit. Um, cause he, obviously his information's great. As for Tilson, I mean, he's a guy who had nothing but bad breaks. He comes up to the big leagues. He gets hurt in his first game. Uh, takes a while for him to come back. This has been probably one of the weirdest weeks any baseball player's ever had. You hit your first home run. It's a grand slam. You beat the Astros and then you can't catch a fly ball to right field. You misplay it, and it's all around Sports Center on every highlight show everywhere because of the way you played it. Um, he's got some speed. He's putting the bat in the ball. I like him better than Cordell. I think they're going to send Cordell down and bring up Polka because Polka's actually hitting the ball again now uh, down in the minors. Uh, but I think that Charlie Tilson, for now, is is not a bad option either in right field or in center field. abreu uh, has got to stay. I agree. I think Jose Abreu's definitely got to stay, Tom. We appreciate the call. I'm I'm a big fan, and I think what he can do for these young guys, okay, what he can do for Yohan Moncada and some of the other young players, the Aloya Menezes and things like that, I think is a big thing. How often, and I haven't heard the White Sox talk about it much. I may have missed it, but I haven't heard the White Sox talk much about the culture. And culture is a huge word. In sports nowadays, uh, heck, I saw Jim Rome talking to Greg Berhalter, the, the new U.S. men's soccer uh, national team coach, talking about culture. Uh, remember the Cub culture the, when Theo and Jed first got here, talking about you know from the minor leagues all the way through, you want to set a culture for the team, and uh, I think that uh, whatever the White Sox don't talk about it much, but I think they that's what you need to do. 
you need to build something like that. And I think that uh, Jose Abreu is a very, very important part of that. He's a very important part of what you can bring to this team. And, uh, you know, when you're bringing in a Luis Robert and you're bringing in maybe a Luis Basabi, and then you've got Kopech and you have Dylan Cease next year and probably later this year and then Carlos Rodon eventually and maybe Ronaldo Lopez. Ronaldo, last year I wanted to see Lucas Giolito improve. He didn't do it. He's doing that this year. Now we need to see Ronaldo Lopez go on out there and put a string of games together. If you're a Sox fan, he's so, he is very, very frustrating. He'll have a couple of one or two good outings and then boom, just he couldn't do anything the other day. Uh, really struggled against Minnesota. Again, everybody in baseball is struggling against the Minnesota Twins right now. So maybe that's a bad measuring stick, but he needs to put a nice streak of games together. I mentioned Giolito. The one number I didn't mention with Giolito this month, his last four starts, maybe more than a month, but his last four starts, a 0.64 ERA, 28 and a third innings, two earned runs, 29 strikeouts in his last four starts. Absolutely amazing. And you think about it, and the White Sox got uh, Dane Dunning. They've got Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez in the Adam Eaton deal. Not a bad deal, especially if Ronaldo Lopez can come through. Dane Dunning is a guy that uh, had some arm problems, but he's another guy the White Sox like as a pitcher for the future of the squad. So the future still looks bright. The question I had was, posed earlier today, it wasn't a question earlier today, because Rick Morrissey in the Sun-Times said the White Sox can actually get to the 500 mark. I'll feel better about that if they get to it during the season sometime soon, okay? Right now, they're not there. Right now, they're struggling to get to to that mark, okay? They are right now 23-28. and 28. They're five games under. I think they got to within two games and then lost a few. Uh... They're 12 games behind the Twins. They're just three games behind Cleveland. Cleveland's just 26 and 25 right now. So I'd like to see the White Sox get to 500 before the All-Star break. That'd be nice. It's a nice little thing to shoot for. You know, put a put a carrot out there for the guys. Uh, something to, to shoot for, something to take aim for. Uh, that would be nice. 312-332-3776. Cubs baseball, Sox baseball, we're going to get into national baseball in just a second. Um, and some of the things happen around, happening around the game, like Cody Bellinger, just amazing what this guy's been able to do. The numbers came up a little bit earlier. Jesse was on with us yesterday, uh, Murph and Fred show every Saturday from 9 till noon here on ESPN 1000. And uh, Jesse was talking about the save percentages. And Jesse was talking about... Uh, the struggles that the Cubs have had, and looking for a closer. Uh, 10 of 15 bullpens have an ERA over 4, and uh, the Cubs, I think, was one of them. Uh, 45% save conversion rate that the Cubs have last in the National League. Now, they got a save yesterday, so it's probably it changes a little bit. Maybe it's moved a little bit. But you look at the Cubs... And they're blown saves this season. Okay. Chatwood's had one opportunity and he did it. Uh, Brad Brock's had two. He's been in, uh, blown both. Kinsler, 0 for 1. Ciszek has had six save opportunities. He's saved four games. Mike Montgomery, 
one opportunity, blown save. Webster, Alan Webster, one for one. Strope had six, blew two of them. Uh, Randy Rosario blew one, and Carl Edwards blew two. So right now, you really don't have that closer. And a, a lot of people will tell you, you know, if you're going to go closer by committee, you don't have one, you need to go on out and get one of the big closers. I'm looking yesterday. These numbers are a day off. So uh, Kirby Yates of San Diego, he's converted 20 of 20. Green of Detroit, 16 of 17. Kenley Jansen, 14 of 16. Chapman, 13 of 14. Brad Hand of Cleveland, 13 of 13. Ozuna, 13 of 13. I think he blew one yesterday, though. Uh, Fernandez, uh, I'm sorry, Vasquez of Pittsburgh, 13 of 13. Uh, Diaz, Hader, uh, Smith of San Francisco, all 12 for 12. Um, Iglesias from Cincinnati's uh, blown a couple saves. Ken Giles is a name that popped up during the week saying the Cubs are interested. And Jesse brought up the point saying that basically the Cubs are interested. Anybody the Cubs might be interested in, they've probably talked to. Jesse did mention uh, the Colome deal. And people were, you know, even Cap got on me. Cap got on me. Uh, uh, Jesse got on me. Because I said, hey, the, why would the White Sox trade Colomay to the Cubs? Uh, they want to get something in return, and the Cubs don't have any minor leaguers of value. And, I, you know, they flew off the handle and said, oh, Jesse actually said, I didn't know that Fred was uh, all of a sudden Keith Law. Uh, I'm just, you know, it's really easy to rile up some fans. I just threw that out there. Who do the Cubs have? One of the problems the Cubs have is they don't have any minor league prospects. So even though Colomay would just be for the second half of the season, why would you make the move unless you could get something better that, you know, and maybe some other team could do that? So that is a problem the Cubs have as they're going forward looking for a closer. And uh, one that I would think they would need, but think about it, in all of baseball, uh, usually a team that's in the World Series either picked up a closer. The White Sox in uh, 2005 had three of them during the course of the year. Uh, it happens where you need more than one guy closing your games unless you have the Kenley Jansons or things like that. The Cubs don't have them. There are guys out there. Will the Cubs go on out, spend some money, and pick one up? That's the question. Or do they They don't think it's Strope. They don't think it's Edwards. And I can't believe they would think it's Chatwood right now. So now you're just, you know, you're Joe Madden, and you're trying to figure out just going out there and using different guys. You got one more Madden cut here. And uh, they asked him about the process behind the bullpen and how he brings guys in uh, later in the contest. Normally, if a guy's been down for two days, but it depends on how many pitches he threw two days ago. I mean, with Chatwood, he's a perfect example. I mean, he was barely able tonight. We had him, like, at the, the lowest rung of the ladder uh, to be ready to, to play today, but uh, he assured us that he could go one inning. Um, so normally when, when a guy goes multiple innings and throws – if he goes multiple innings, period, at least, he needs at least one day, sometimes two. Two for sure if he goes 35 to 40 pitches. It's just that you get sore. It's natural. You get sore. You, you exercise the arm, and sometimes the, your back and down to your, your butt really gets sore all the way down the, the side that you throw from, just from reaching out so much. So it, there's more to it than meets the eye. And, again, I realize these guys may pitch up to 65, 60 to 70 games during the, the summer. And you play 162, almost half your games they might be involved in. So there's not a lot of downtime. And there's a lot of effort involved. So um, it depends on innings pitch. If it's just one and ten pitches, of course, he's going to be fine the next day. If it's one plus and 27, he might need a day, maybe two. 
So, and everybody's different. That's another thing you have to realize. Not everybody's cut from the same cloth recovery time, and that's another thing you have to know about your guys. So we, we try to get the Nordic guys well. We have our, our own little uh, cocktail regarding uh, usage, and we stand, uh, stick by it. Yeah, and that's what they do. That's what, so they know going into a game, these guys are available, these guys aren't. It's funny because watching the game yesterday, Jimmy Deshaies said, well, Chatwood's not going to be available after going four innings you know, a couple days ago. As it turned out, Chatwood had told Madden, I can give you one inning. And it turns out that was the ninth inning, and he got the save, his first with the Cubs. And uh, so that was a good thing. Now they go today, Jose Quintana, Tanner Roark, a 120 start at Wrigley Field. Then coming up for the Cubs, and uh, we're going to get to the rest of baseball in a second. Coming up for the Cubs after that is they hit the road, and they've got some tough series coming up. Uh, the next week or two, heck, the next two weeks are going to be very important to this Cubs team, okay? Coming up for the Cubs, they go on a road trip to Houston. They play tomorrow afternoon. Then they play Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Then they go to St. Louis, okay? They have a day off, I think, Thursday, which will be the first day off after 16 straight days of playing. Then they come home and they play the Angels for a game, make a uh, makeup game from earlier this year. Then the Dodgers come to town, then St. Louis again. Now, I know St. Louis, they're four and a half back, I think it is. Um, St. Louis not playing the best ball right now. So maybe a good time for the Cubs to to get them. Four and a half right now, St. Louis is out behind the Cubs. Um, but it's a tough schedule coming up. Next 13 games, three at Houston, three in St. Louis, then the Angels, the Dodgers for three, and St. Louis for three. Um, very important next 13 games to see how the North Siders do. 312-332-3776, that's the number. Let's play some stuff from around baseball because there are a lot of great things going on in Major League Baseball. Uh, one of them, a guy that maybe the White Sox were thinking could be slipping out and could be a guy that was available. Maybe, ah, we didn't get Manny Machado. We'll go after Nolan Arenado. Well, Nolan ain't going anywhere. He signed a deal. He likes Colorado. Fifth day, Ben Hyatt, deep left field, way back, and the Rockies have the lead, just like that, number 200 for Arenado. Nolan Arenado with his 200th homer yesterday, now the Orioles actually beat the Rockies, a final of 9-6. to six. What is going on with Kyle Freeland? I ask for two reasons. One, he was a guy that some people thought could have, you know, deserved some Cy Young, um, uh, you know, looking at last year, some looks for Cy Young. This year, he's two and six with a six seventy one ERA. Plus, I have him on my fantasy team. So, what's going on with Kyle Freeland? That's what I ask you. I mentioned that the San Diego Padres are a team, and I had those numbers here for you somewhere. Uh, a team that in May. The Padres are the second best team in the National League at using uh, home runs as a percentage of runs scored. The highest percentage of runs scored via the homer since May 1st is the Mets, 55.6. This is before yesterday. After that is the Padres at 54, followed by the Cubs, 53.8. That's my whole spiel about, you know, the whole home run thing and, you know, you're relying on home runs. Well, yesterday... I don't know if you want to call it relying on them, but the Padres, they hit several. Myers will send this one towards deep left field. Back goes Gurriel at the wall. It is gone. A home run. 
Will Myers with his eighth home run of the year puts the Padres on top two to nothing. Kinsler to left field. Guriel going back at the wall, and that ball is gone. Padres go back-to-back in the second inning. First Will Myers, and now Ian Kinsler. And the Padres have taken a 3-0 lead. Edwin Jackson surrendering back-to-back home runs. Hedges drives one to deep left field. Deep, far, and very gone. A grand slam. Edwin Jackson hits Ian Kinsler, and Austin Hedges makes him pay with a grand slam that gives the Padres a 7-1 lead. Fly ball to center field, sending Jonathan Davis back towards the wall, at the wall. It's gone. Renfro homers again. The two-run shot is 13th of the year. And there's a drive to deep left field off the bat of Eric Hosmer. That is back, and that is gone. Hosmer adding to the home run parade today. High drive, deep left field. Off the bat of Hunter Renfro. Gone. Hunter Renfro is homer for the second time today. Padres go back to back for the second time today. Still nobody out in the inning, and here's a drive to deep center field. Back at the wall, and that ball is very gone. Second deck, dead center field for Will Myers. Seventh home run of the day. Franchise record for the Padres. Will Myers straightaway center, two-run shot, make it 18-3 San Diego. Oh, the highlights courtesy the Padres broadcast team, and they had all kinds of fun calling home runs yesterday. Final score was 19-4. to The Padres beat Toronto. Hey, at least the Raptors are going to the finals, right? Uh, the Blue Jays didn't get anything out of that. Edwin Jackson pitching for another team. Now the Blue Jays, those first three home runs of the seven given up by Edwin Jackson and uh, just not good stuff. And uh, again, years ago, it used to be chicks dig the long ball. And that's what baseball was hanging their hat on back in, that was in 98, with Sosa, McGuire, the home run record, and all that kind of stuff. Well, the home runs that are flying out this year are ridiculous. How many home runs are being hit? I mentioned the other day the Twins played the Angels, and Minnesota hit eight home runs. The Padres yesterday hit seven. Tatis isn't even playing. Padres hit seven home runs. I don't think in any of those homers, Machado hit one. It was Hosmer. It was Myers, two. It was Hunter Renfro, two. Hedges hit a blast for the Grand Slam. So maybe, you know, if you're going to play with a live ball, just let us know. Or deaden the ball. And then maybe those balls would go, oh, it's into the corner. He'll round second, go to third. Make the games more interesting instead of home runs. Or baseball loves home runs. Maybe that's the case. Maybe everybody loves the home run, and uh, baseball's not worried about changing that. They think that's a good rule. That's the way it's supposed to be in this game of baseball. There's other great highlights around Major League Baseball. Also talk about the best hitter in the game right now. We'll do that. We come back. 312-332-3776. Fred Hubner with you. Talking baseball on ESPN 1000. Chicago's Game Day with Fred Uden on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in here till the top of the hour. Don't forget tomorrow. Yes, it's Memorial Day. Cap is off. Carmen and Yurko are off. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't listen. It'll be Black and Abdallah from 9 till noon tomorrow. Filling in for Cap. And I'll be here from noon till 2.30 for Carmen and Yurko, so we'll have a lot of baseball talk. And also tomorrow, we'll get a chance to hear from some of the guys uh, that are on the Bears 
top 100 list. The list came out earlier this week. There were a lot of conversations. We'll hear from Steve McMichael and uh, Brian Erlacher, Coach Ditka. We'll also hear from uh, Jimbo Covert. So lots to listen to tomorrow right here on ESPN 1000. Again, I'll be here from noon until 2.30 tomorrow. Uh, the White Sox are home tomorrow. They have the Royals after they hopefully can get a win in Minnesota against the Twins. The Cubs hit uh, Houston tomorrow. The Astros are trying to wrap up a uh, three-game sweep of the Red Sox in Boston today as we continue our look around Major League Baseball. Uh, speaking of the Astros, Yesterday, the Astros uh, battled back and got another victory over uh, Boston. And uh, these highlights, you know, a little confusing. There's some from Houston TV, and then all of a sudden, Joe Buck jumps in. Back-to-back walks, and the Astros have loaded the bases with nobody out in the bottom of the ninth. And now it is up to Carlos Correa. Correa drops it in the right, and the Astros win it for three. Correa mobbed after rounding first base as the Astros have their third walk-off win of the season. Third walk-off win of the season, and the Astros get a win as they knock off the Red Sox back-to-back games. And uh, this after the White Sox took it to them two games in a row. Now, the Angels needed some runs. They got a run early in the ninth inning. They're coming from behind, and then... Oh, it's, it kind of looked, it was reminiscent of the fly ball to Charlie Tilson, but it was, this one was out to left field, uh, behind the third baseman, and uh, Jared Walsh for the Angels hits one. Stein out to shadow left field, Hunter Pence, Elvis Andrews, long run for Andrews, he reaches up, can't get it! Calhoun will score! Drive home safely! Oh, they drove home safely after the Angels got a win. Highlights Angels TV, a 3-2 victory over the Texas Rangers. It's so amazing. Uh, you've got two players like Mike Trout and Shoei Otani on the Angels that nobody cares about. Absolutely nobody cares about. You never hear about them. Um, you know, it's such a weird, weird situation. The best player in the game. And I didn't get into this when I had my NBA rant, but the commissioner of the NBA now floating the idea of starting West Coast games earlier so people don't miss LeBron and the Warriors because they like to go to bed early on in the East Coast. Come on, really? You're going to tell people that pay for the Warriors season tickets that now they got to get to the game earlier and leave work just so the people out East can see it? Oh, my Lord. I was listening to PTI and Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon discussing that. That was a, that was a fun listen. Uh, Wilbon kept saying, uh, he said, I don't agree with it. It makes sense TV wise, but I don't agree with it. Um, one thing you've probably heard a lot of Yankees radio and Yankees radio, their radio announcer always has, uh, some very, very interesting uh, phrases when they hit a long ball. And it just so happens the Yankees always hit a lot of home runs, including Luke Voigt. The 0-1 swung on and in on the air to deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a two-run home run to break the tie. Voigt, this one to Detroit. It's a two-run blast to left. Oh, that void is a droid. 
His two-run blast gives the Yankees a 5-3 lead. Uh, John Sterling with a call as uh, Luke Voigt hits one 470, and uh, the Yankees get a win yesterday over Kansas City. So there's some of the highlights from around at Major League uh, Baseball, and uh, you also, some other highlights, uh, and this is interesting and pertinent for the Cubs, and Jake Arrieta yesterday, two runs, five hits, eight strikeouts in eight innings as the Philadelphia Phillies go up to Milwaukee. They've taken the first two. They're going for the sweep today of the Brewers, helping out the Northsiders. The Cubs have a two-and-a-half game lead over Milwaukee. Um, Pirates and Cardinals are both four-and-a-half back. They wrap it up today up in Milwaukee. It'll be Eflin going against Woodruff. Should be a good contest. See what happens today as the Cubs take on the Reds, trying to win their series, and Philadelphia going for the sweep of the Brewers. One other thing in baseball that's getting no attention, and one of the things I like to look at during uh, any time I look at the standings is how many people are on streaks. Uh, American League, uh, the East, you've got the Yankees, who we just heard, uh, a seven-game win streak. They have a three-game lead over the Tampa Bay Rays. It's funny how they just caught the Rays and passed them immediately. Um, the Twins have won five in a row. They have a nine-game lead over the Indians. The White Sox are 12 back. The Houston Astros, too. But right behind the Houston Astros, well, I don't know, seven and a half games right behind them. The Oakland Athletics have won eight straight games. They're two games over 500, 27 and 25. If Oakland get even a little bit more pitching, and the reason I mentioned Oakland in pitching, there's a guy that the Oakland A's have as a pitcher. And his name may be familiar to some White Sox fans. His name is Frankie Montas. Okay, here's a brief recap of Montas. He signed as a free agent by the Red Sox a decade ago. He was traded to the White Sox in 2013. Jake Peavy, Avisail Garcia, Jose Iglesias, a three-team deal. Then the White Sox traded him to the Dodgers in 2015. Todd Frazier, Jose Peraza, three-team deal. Then again to the A's in 2016, the Rich Hill-Josh Reddick deal. Along the way, Montas has had knee surgery in 2014, missed most of 2016 with a rib injury, entered 2019 with a 490 ERA in 43 games. Frankie Montas right now has a 240 earned run average in 10 starts. He hasn't allowed more than three earned runs in any starts. In May, he's got 31 strikeouts with just three walks. For the season, using advanced StatCast metric, it accounts for quality of contact as well as uh, amount of contact. He's one of the 25 best starters in the game of baseball. So, yeah, the White Sox had Frankie Montas. They gave him an opportunity. Things weren't working. His new splitter comes out 17% of the time and has been responsible for 20 strikeouts and only two extra base hits. Overall, he's increased his strikeout rate from 15.2% to 24.7%, the third largest jump in baseball. Sometimes, and I explain this to people, I try to explain this to people, when they get aggravated and frustrated with young pitchers, you've got to give pitchers a chance. Frankie Montas is getting a chance with, boy, what is this, his fifth team, his return to Oakland. Frankie Montas is getting a chance, and he's making the most of it. And because of that, so are the Oakland A's. Good things are happening for the Oakland A's and for Frankie Montas, so keep an eye on that. We come back. 
want to talk a little bit about what I did yesterday afternoon and um, go went on out and saw the Chicago Fire play. We'll talk about the Chicago Fire. You want to jump in? Quick comment or two about Chicago Fire soccer. We'll do that. We come back. 312-332-3776. Fred Hubner with you on what's going to be a nice Sunday, as it turns out, after rain earlier today, right here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's Game Day with Fred Hubner on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. Wrapping things up and a lot of baseball talk. We'll get a lot more of it tomorrow when I'm here filling in for Carmen and Yurko from noon until 2.30. Don't forget, Black and Abdallah tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, as Capper gets the holiday off. I hope you have a safe um, Memorial Day tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, it's raining. It seems to rain every day. But it looks like the rain's going to hold off, get the Cub game in today as uh, they go for the series win. Tanner Roark and uh, Jose Quintana going at 120 this afternoon. See who homers today. They belted three yesterday, Almora, Russell, and Hayward. If you would go down the lineup and come up with three Guys, if we said, listen, pick three guys to hit home runs in the Cub game yesterday, the probably nobody would have picked these three. You got Schwarber, Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Almora, Russell, and Hayward. Those were the guys that hit homers yesterday? I'm saying, just saying. You would have thought somewhere Bryant would have hit one. Rizzo almost did, and Rizzo's been red hot. Absolutely red hot. But time to talk about the Chicago Fire. I get just a couple minutes every once in a while. Uh, I didn't talk about them last week because they lost 4-1 to in San Jose, and it was an ugly, ugly game, unless your name is Chris Wondolowski, and you set the career-scoring record in all of Major League Soccer, which he did. But yesterday, the Chicago Fire were playing New York City FC. And before the match, the Chicago Fire decided that it was time to put a beer garden out in the inside the parking facility. Actually, once you scan your ticket to get in, you would go on over to the Heineken Beer Garden. And I went over there yesterday. Two young German guys. No, not me and another guy. Two guys were like playing soccer pong, beer pong with a soccer ball. And then two, they were from Germany. I went up and talked to them afterwards. They had come from South Carolina just to see the Chicago Fire and Bosch and Schweinsteiger. Uh, their countrymen, play yesterday against New York City FC. Uh, the Chicago Fire have been playing pretty well at home. Their last four matches, they had won uh, three of them. Uh, or last five matches, I think, they had won three of them and drawn one. And uh, so they were hoping for a victory. And uh, yesterday, early in the first half, they got a goal. Was it? Maybe? Maybe not? Big switch. Frankowski, runner in. Good opportunity for Bronick. Oh, the ball inside, and it creeps in. Chicago fire, but no. This, this is the case here. And after video review, Remy Tushan says that the goal is valid. The Chicago fire go up 1-0 against New York City. And I wonder who they're going to give the ball to, either Sapong or it might be an own goal by New York. But a great collective play. That started with McCarty, went through Frankowski, found Bronico, forced it to Sapong. That is the Univision English broadcast of the game yesterday, the match yesterday at SeatGeek Stadium. 
And uh, they gave the goal to C.J. Sapong. He scores, and the Chicago Fire had a one nothing lead. They were holding on to that one nothing lead uh, for just a little while. They scored in the 28th minute. Then in the 40th minute, uh, Alexandru uh, Marita gets a goal. And the game is 1-1. That's the way the game ended. The Chicago Fire had numerous opportunities. Uh, shots on goal. Sapong with a couple. Frankowski, Katai, uh, Raheem Edwards back in the lineup playing the left back position, moving up onto the wing. Uh, he had opportunities to score. They were unable to get that second goal and they finished with a 1-1 draw. That goal by CJ Sapong, a, a big goal for the team. And CJ talked about it afterwards to everybody. Woo! What's up, y'all? Feel honored to get the thousandth goal in club history. Wish we could have gotten three points, but you know we're gonna keep fighting. You know that heat rises. Go fire. Heat rises, go fire. The fire now have a busy week. They go to DC United, Wayne Rooney and company. They play them Wednesday night. Then they go to Atlanta, and Atlanta is never easy. The Mercedes-Benz, they, they pack 40,000, in there for Atlanta United soccer games, uh, soccer matches, games, whatever you want to call it. Um, and Atlanta is struggling. They just had a loss to uh, Real Salt Lake the other day. But Chicago Fire with a real busy week. One of the things the Chicago Fire did do is they added a couple guys, Kenneth Kronholm, uh, a goalkeeper, a German goalkeeper who comes over from Bundesliga 2. He is now starting instead of David Osted. Kronholm will play on a Wednesday. Uh, and Nemanja Nikolic was on the bench. Uh, he did come in later on. Didn't really get many touches, so we'll wait and see what happened. It was German Heritage Day, so I had no choice but to go to the game yesterday and have a Heineken and have a Bratwurst. And, uh, yeah, the beer, the beer uh, garden was quite nice. Uh, enjoyable. Uh, it was a little sunny. I walked in today, or actually last night, I'm getting ready to go to sleep, and I look in the mirror and I go, ah, my forehead's all sunburned. I'm a lily white guy, and I'm not supposed to get sunburned. Now, I'm not Irish like my good buddy Larry Griffin. Um, he's not supposed to get sun either. Uh, but I get sunburned, and I do, my fo- entire forehead sunburned. But, if you get a chance, next home game is not till June 22nd. The league takes some time off due to the Gold Cup, where a lot of the players in the league are going to participate in the Gold Cup, not only for uh, Team USA, but also for other squads around the country. The Gold Cup final, actually at Soldier Field, July 7th. But uh, June 22nd, um, the next home game for the Chicago Fire, Real Salt Lake. But if you have ESPN+, and if you don't have ESPN+, just think about it. That, that coffee you just bought probably cost you close to three fifty. Uh, for four ninety nine a month, you can get ESPN Plus or for forty nine ninety nine a year. ESPN Plus has so many games. They have baseball games. They have a hockey game every, like almost every night. They have a baseball game almost every night. They have special features. Um, the, uh, the Kobe thing, uh, detail, I think it was called, and that was on ESPN Plus. They've done a lot of things on ESPN Plus. So check it out, uh, the fire on ESPN Plus on Wednesday against the DC United, and then they are on Unimas next Saturday when they take on Atlanta. Uh, so hopefully the fire can do a little bit better in uh, those two games. They need points. They've played well at home. Okay. They need to play better on the road. They've uh, only got two ties on the road. Those are the only points they have. Let's see what they can come up with in D.C. and also in Atlanta. So a little Chicago fire talk and uh, 
I hope to see you out at the uh, Heineken Beer Garden for the next game on June 22nd. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, to Felix Reyes for all of his help, as always. And um, baseball, it's a wonderful sport. So uh, the White Sox playing in Minnesota. Let's see if they can get a win. The Cubs going for the series of victory today. It'll be Tanner Roark and Jose Quintana out at Wrigley Field. And again, uh, I mentioned my buddy Larry Griffin, also my friend Jerry Klein, huge Green Bay Packer fans, wanted to mention, unfortunately, the passing today of a Hall of Famer, uh, Bart Starr, uh, the winner of uh, Super Bowls one and two. So um, rest in peace, Bart. Thanks for listening here on ESPN 1000.